Hey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, I Totally Relate. I'm Rissy. And I'm Shelves. And we hope you guys can totally relate. Okay, you guys. Buckle up, buttercups. Ooh. <laughs> Okay, you guys, but I'm being serious, though, because guess what time it is? It's naughty November, bitches. (laughs) It is. We're so excited and nervous about Mm -hmm. this. Oh, my gosh. I might be sweating a little bit. It's fine. Okay, what the hell does naughty November mean? Well, it means mind-blowing sex, Carissa. (laughs) Duh. What else? (laughs) Okay. So, you have probably noticed already, we are doing a book club. Mm-hmm. The event is on November 20th. At 1 p.m. Y'all do not want to miss it. <laughs> not at all. Be there or be square. We're really excited for our event this uh, this coming month. And we want nothing more than for you to come and join us. And here's why. We have been reading this book by Emily Nagoski. And let me tell you what. It will change your life, mm-hmm. hands down. So if you've heard of the book, but you haven't picked it up, my first impression was, wow, this is going to be so erotic. It's going to be so in your face about sex. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's a guidebook on how to become your best self in your sexuality. And it's awakening me. What about you? Oh, yeah. Yep. This is like game changer book. Like enough things have shifted. And that's one of the things that we're going to talk about today. Shelby and I are going to share a little bit about our experiences or the narratives that have like run our lives when it comes to like the idea of sex or female sexuality. Yeah. But before we jump into that, we just want to like lay out what this month is going to look like because we've been preparing for this. We are so excited to share these conversations with you guys. This week, you're going to hear from Shelby and I. Next week, oh my gosh, please don't miss it. Just tune in next Wednesday. We're going to be having a conversation about sex with with our girlfriends. You know, just like that, those conversations that I missed out on when I was younger when it probably would have been really helpful for me. Yeah. Regardless, we're having those conversations now. And the same, like Shelby, the same with you. Like I felt like when we were preparing to have that conversation, I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be such a... Uh, an erotic conversation Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh we're going to talk about sex and like I thought it's gonna be so taboo and it was so not Mm -mm. it's so like yeah so what yeah and it was very helpful to like help take like away some stigma or some of those negative powerful narratives that have really like played a large role in my life and my thought process so far and then the following week we're gonna have a conversation with Anna Marquez, and she's going to talk to us about boundaries because boundaries play a huge role when it comes to sex, right? Like your ability to identify what you feel safe and comfortable with um, and being able to vocalize that or advocate for yourself. Like she talks a lot about like it's just all of this is just or sex is an extension of how we implement boundaries in our everyday life. Yeah. Okay. The last conversation we're going to have this month you guys, we like hope you're a part of it, actually. It's going to be a conversation with you. Yeah. 
which is actually really fun. So we will be sitting down and recording a conversation when we have our book club. So this the discussion that we hold here, Carissa will uh, take our conversation and she'll whittle it down into a beautiful episode that will be released and dropped into your feed on the following Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So you have that to look forward in this month. I guess what we hope to do with these conversations is to create space on the table for our sexuality as women or as an individual and that your sexual empowerment matters, my sexual empower- empowerment matters. And we just want to um, bring to the surface some of the things that we wish we would have known when we were younger. Ding, ding, ding. That's the message. Yeah. <laughs> so get your tickets. You can find the tickets on Eventbrite. For that specific link, you can go to our Instagram, click the link in our bio. That will take you straight to our Eventbrite website. We'll also have that in the show notes, so scroll on down, tap on that. If you are, uh, if you subscribe to our newsletter, there is a $5 off code for those tickets. So if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and sign up for that and we can send you the discount code to get $5 off the ticket. You can join us November 20th at 1 p.m. We're going to have food. We're going to have drinks. We're going to have a juicy conversation. (laughs) Okay, Carissa, let's talk about sex, baby. First of all, how nervous are you right now? I am pretty nervous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. Yeah. First of all, so I'm not an expert in any way, shape, or form Mm-mm. when it comes to this topic. This has been something that, like, as I'm reading the book, as I'm having discussions with my friends, as I'm talking to a therapist, I'm learning or unlearning, rather, so much about my sexuality or, like, how I experience pleasure, joy, intimacy, um, yeah. a, a deep connection. Mm-hmm. So I I guess I just like want to put that right up front. Like, here's the deal. I am learning a lot. So I am sharing this in hopes that if you also feel like sex has been taboo or uh, difficult or hard or like it's just like sex is just weird, you know, if you kind of feel immature when the topic is brought up, then hopefully like there are parts of this that you can relate to and and we together are on a journey to um, overcome negative shame narratives and literally just be able to like live our best pleasure-filled lives. Yes. What about you? Are you nervous or no? Ugh, I don't know. In some ways I'm nervous, but... Maybe not in the same way. I feel like I get nervous sitting behind the microphone and overthinking, am I being authentic or am I performing? Like, mm-hmm. So I feel like I have those nerves. But when it comes to talking about sex, I don't think I get as squealy or yeah. uncomfortable. I seem, I don't know. I feel like sex is, actually, it's really funny. I was on the phone today. And I was saying, oh, I'm going and recording a, a podcast episode. And they were like, on what? I'm like, on sex. And I was asked if I was nervous. And I'm like, no, I feel like sex is talked about all the time. Yeah. The person I was on the phone with disagreed with me. I'm like, oh, maybe I just talk about sex. 
all the time. No, Shelby, I think you're right. There's constant like innuendos. Mm -hmm. There's constant like subliminal messages. Even like if it's like a commercial for something, who's selling it to you? A skinny, beautiful, sexy woman is telling you, you need this product. Whether that product is for a woman or a man. Sex is used to sell everything. And so... Yeah, I agree with you. I think sex is talked about all the time, if not overtly, definitely inadvertently, mm-hmm. and um, innuendoed constantly. As a mother, like, my children will say things sometimes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, when you're older, like, we're going to laugh when you say that again. Like, like it's everything references that, you know, this biological desire, this attraction. Like, it's always yeah. referenced. Well, let's dive in. What is your experience with sex? Is that too vulgar? No. Um, no, I don't think that's too vulgar. I can I can answer that. I think, let's see, my experience with sex has always, until recently, I will say, I've done a lot of work on this. So uh, how I reference a lot in this conversation will be like basically the years of, you know, growing up, like probably specifically like 17 through right. 30 years old. Okay. After that time, like, I've, I've done maybe some more work, some more digging into it. But for a good chunk of my life, sex has been, mm, you you use the word, uh, it's been a very, like, a performance for me. Mm-hmm. I have felt very, like, like obligated yeah. in my relationship, not specifically because of what my spouse has done but because like that's like the like boys will be boys Mm -hmm. like that's how men are men need it men need it Mm -hmm. like that's been like a big thing for me is to feel like okay he needs it so if I don't provide this for him he will get it somewhere else and so like there's been a like when I think about like my relationship with sex it definitely is not my my relationship with my sexuality. It's mm. been my relationship with the idea of sex and has definitely been driven by fear. So, you know, fear of am I pretty enough? Am I good at it? Does he like it? Will like will this be enough to keep him? Um, do we have it enough? Like very like not not secure not secure so like in the book like she she talks about attachment and attachment is more than sex attachment usually is formed like between uh parents and children um we do talk about attachment in the book however as I've grown older like in my attachment with my spouse like I feel like there's been like a lot of fear Mm -hmm. messaging (laughs) just with sex in general yeah yeah, I hear you 100%. I think that, like you said, it's in our faces all of the time with our, you know, advertising and our culture and all sorts of things. And so, but what I hear you saying is when you start to think of sex, maybe uncomfortable feelings come oh, up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. First of all, like just this like biological desire. Like mm-hmm. I want to be loved and like I want to be good at that because I'm receiving so many messages that like, oh, this is important. And so like I want to I want to be good at it. Yeah. At the same time, I'm receiving messages that like wholesome women mm. aren't slutty. You know, yeah. wholesome women, you know, don't 
say things like that or behave that way or wholesome women like aren't horny Mm -hmm. like I don't like I don't know like another way to say like I've just received like conflicting messages like oh you want to be 18 years old skinny big boobs flat belly totally like ready to have sex at any moment but also my specific experience in life has like I've really been indoctrinated with like good girl syndrome Mm -hmm. and so those two you know, conflicting messages, like, I'm like, it's, <laughs> it's hard to navigate. Plus, I'm a human being, and so I have, like, my natural, you know, sexual desires. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that, like, I can't feel, like, oh, I totally want to get it on. It's the feelings that flood me afterwards. Like, mm-hmm. oh, feelings of shame or embarrassment that, yeah. like, that I'm a freak in the sheets or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a freak in the sheets. But yes, you my, are, shame, honey. my shame would have me feel like I am. And then I just am left feeling like a freak. Mm-hmm. And not, you know, like a wholesome woman. Okay, so this kind of, this is part of like what you and I were talking about previously, like in preparation. Because listen up, sweetie pies. <laughs> you better believe that like we have tried to prepare for this conversation because it feels so... Yeah, uncomfortable, mm-hmm. probably for me particularly. Uh, so we talked about, we come from the same family. So a lot of the same people are influencing, you know, or or giving us these messages. And right. it's been really funny how you've received them because, so for me, I feel like I've received these messages and I'm like, oh my gosh, I am not going to be a bitch. I'm not going to be a hoe, not going to be a slut. Like I've heard these messages and realized or, or interpreted them as, I'm not like one of those girls. Mm. I'm a good, like I'm a good girl. Like you're going to like me. I'm a good girl. But when you're hearing those messages, how are you interpreting them? Sometimes, ooh, okay, so I'm interesting. I feel like I can be a wild card sometimes. And I don't know if this attributes to my insecurity or a boldness within me, but I notice I'm just an energy matcher. When someone makes a crude comment, oh, honey, I'll come right back. Like, I I just don't shy away from things like that. Like, well, in fact, one of the narratives in my head is you should be more less crude. You should be more – what's that word? Hold on. You got to help me think of the word. Uh, modest. More – yeah, like a like a like a good ladylike. girl. A, yeah, ooh, ladylike. Yeah. That's the one. Like you should be more like, you should be probably more more quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should probably like. I feel like, I don't know. There's something within me. There's like this duality. Like I want to stand up and I want to take charge. Then I have shame up for that because mm-hmm. a good woman mm-hmm. is quiet. But when it comes to like these messages that we've received, uh, I feel like I stand up just as crudely. I say very crude things. I don't get oh, red faced yeah. <laughs> if someone says something. I'm like, well, say it as it is. It's a blowjob. Or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just like don't. I don't think I experience the same embarrassment, but I think that I experience the same shame. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And s- wait, I- hold on real quick. So we got I got to I got to share. Okay. We were at your mom's house. This was a couple years ago. So this mm. was like prior to you being married, but you're dating Justin. Okay. And so we're in your mom's kitchen. Uh my male cousins are there. Your boyfriend is there, and we were talking about the Super Bowl and like I rem- and you were like oh the one where like Janet Jackson's tit came out and I was like she just said oh my 
course. Like, like even words, like specific words. Right. Like I, I feel so uncomfortable with them. Yes. Um. I and I wonder if like this is because like oh I'm the oldest and so like mm. I need to set a good example. Whereas like you're on the younger end and so you're like, well these guys are saying it. Yeah, I almost felt like I needed to keep up. Like where oh, okay. um Well, and I guess I don't know. I think a lot of that is like we were raised in that environment. I felt like certain things were acceptable. I also like I think I did get good girl syndrome, but in my head a good girl is a sexy girl. Mm-hmm. And so I have this like fight with me that I'm Okay, how do I say this? No, no, I think you're right. Like a like, good girl, a good girl. So you can't be a slut. Yeah. Uh, first of all, but you got to keep him satisfied. Yes. You can't be a slut, but he's got to want to keep coming back. Yes. Also, fuck slut shaming. Yes. One hundred percent. This is that's yeah. not what I'm here for. But those words is what we can yes. understand. So when I was younger, I withheld. So I haven't had a lot of sexual partners, but the partners I've been sexual with daddy can get it does that make sense like where it's like oh I'm going to overperform I'm going to overgive in fact I'm going to over sexualize myself because that's what a good girl does and and now that I'm 30 I am like revamping so many Mm -hmm. things where I'm like do I even like that do I even like to do these things and so I'm currently dealing with what is a performance and what mm-hmm. is authentic? Yes. That's something that I'm unlayering currently. Yeah. But when I was younger, I had no problem being the sexy girl. Uh, and not that I was the sexy girl by any means, but more of just like what I felt comfortable in. Yeah. Like. Yeah. In your relationships, in your energy exchanges. Yep. Like. Yeah. One, how I talk to people. Yeah. Like where it was like, uh, you know. I would maybe in scenarios flaunt what knowledge I felt I had. Yeah. But not being truly confident. Yeah. Like a chameleon. Yeah. Right? Like where it's like, I I don't know. I don't know. That might feel like so weird. No, no, no. No, no. um, It makes perfect sense to me. But I feel like there's that dichotomy. Yeah. I grew up with a lot of these strong influences. I heard a lot about what a woman looked like or what a woman did but also my body was I've always gotten attention because of my body Mm -hmm. with that being said I've not really felt comfortable in my body Mm -hmm. but I get told often well actually I'll just tell you one thing in high school this has stuck with me I was told I was a butter face Mm -hmm. and I was like, what does that even mean? I was told you have a perfect body, but your face is not pretty. And so that's that comment. It's so funny. It's so silly how those things happen to me. I can tell you exactly where I was, which is so stupid. Right. But with that being said, that comment, it was made to me at the time, like when I was in puberty. And so like as I'm starting into exploring Mm -hmm. my sexuality and like maybe like how I'm viewed and so I felt I wasn't pretty enough to lock down a relationship therefore I am sexy enough to get attention oh I don't know that yeah makes sense yeah that makes sense 100% and and so I feel like I leaned into that I leaned into 
I was a dancer growing up, uh, so I just leaned into that stereotype of like, ooh, I can move my body. I can yeah. seduce you. Yeah. Um, one of my issues when I was younger, I was in like a really toxic situation where I was quite literally trying to seduce someone who was in a committed relationship because that's like all that I felt I was worth. Mm-hmm. So if I couldn't get you to like my body, then what could I get you to like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And so where you were like, I need to hide my body mm-hmm. or hide these things yeah. in order. And so that's where I think we kind of differ yeah. in some of those things. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. This is making sense to me. Tell me if I got this right. So for me, I felt like my body was a weapon. Mm-hmm. And for you, you felt like your body is a tool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I definitely felt like my body is a weapon. Like I, if I dressed immodestly, if I dressed inappropriately, like I'm calling on attention that I don't really want. Mm-hmm. Um. N- Boys will assume things about me. I mm-hmm. could be raped. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would be giving off a message that like I didn't really want to give off. Right. Which, okay, all of that, like you said, now I'm just like, oh, f the, those messages. Like, right. no way. Right. Like, you want right. to know who, what causes the situation of rape? <laughs> Rapists, <laughs> not girls who are not dressing. shoulders. Yeah, not bare shoulders. Not midriffs. Yeah. So like I now now that I've like grown older and I'm not like in those situations because I'm in a committed relationship. I'm a mom. I'm like wearing sweaters and mom jeans right now. But like as I'm looking back on that, I'm realizing like how internalized those messages were for me. Mm-hmm. And I did. I felt like my body is a weapon. Like I needed to like clothe myself appropriately so that I wouldn't draw comments that were dangerous or uncomfortable for me. And because of that, so because of the disconnection or like the weaponizing of my own body, I never, I never felt like really connected to it or like I never explored my sexuality. And so we can talk about this now, we can dig into it later, but like the idea of like me understanding my sexuality, like that has come through like whatever my spouse allows me to explore. Right. Like never, like I have not for most of my life ever explored that on my own I've never been able to say like I will tell you this most of my life I have felt like well I am broken Mm. I'm broken like it takes me too long like I obviously can't orgasm like Mm. I I don't know what feels good like I don't know whatever you want to try to do go ahead like we'll Mm -hmm. see if that works like Mm -hmm. I've never been able to like or this isn't working for me let's just make it about you yes yeah I felt like I was broken So, you know, like, let's just take care of, like, let's just move on. Yeah. And so there's been, yeah, a a great loss of knowing and understanding myself Mm -hmm. because I don't, I felt so disconnected from my body. My body wasn't mine. My body was a weapon that I needed to, like, hide, clothe, protect. Um, It wasn't anything that, like, I could feel comfortable in. Mm -hmm. Part of this is Mormon religious culture. Part of this is just American culture. And, like, you know, messaging from, you know, in the media about a woman's worth is basically predicated upon how desirable she looks. Right. Some of it is, you know, being the oldest. Some of it is being one of not very many girls in a large family of mostly men. And so hearing like how women are talked about and really, really like now that I've come to understand myself, like I am an Enneagram too. And so like my desire is to be loved. 
I, I want to be loved. And so feeling like, oh, if I'm a bitch, if I'm a slut, if I am gross, if I'm a freak, then I wouldn't be loved. I would be unlovable. And so I have just really hid from that part of myself for a really long time. And so it's very embarrassing for me when people talk about sex. I'm like, oh my God, you're like using words. <laughs> like anatomically correct words or even just slang words like oh it's it is really uncomfortable for me it's so embarrassing it's, I get embarrassed about my feelings a lot however I I know that like not every woman has the experience I have but I know that there are there are enough women out there who have received similar messages that like yeah it it hasn't felt like I'm allowed to explore my sexuality my sexuality is in purpose of serving my husband yeah you're right you're not alone in these experiences or these thoughts that you've had. They may not be the exact same. Like we, we've we had very unique, you know, we all have our own unique experiences and we make up our own stories, which is how we are individuals. But collectively enough, I think that we can find like bits and pieces of ourselves in these things. And mm-hmm. I feel like this goes back to so- social messaging. Mm-hmm. Because we grew up in Utah where there is – literally no sex education we weren't really ever taught what sexuality was or what that looks like and so I don't think that you're well I know you're not alone in these feelings of I'm broken or I don't even know how my body works and like because we're not teaching women how their fucking body works yeah yeah (laughs) like like And this is, so this is like where I'm like, oh, this is so, this makes me angry because how much time was spent feeling like you're broken or feeling like you're not pretty enough or cute enough or skinny enough or like whatever it is. But what I'm realizing is it's just that when you start to put these pieces together you start to realize that we missed a crucial message. Yeah. Yes. There was something missed and it was, I have sexuality. Yeah. Or my sexuality matters. Yeah. Or. I have a part of my body that is dedicated only to my pleasure. To me. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't get that message until recently. Yeah. To touch back on the book just a little bit, she talks about this. Emily Nagoski talks about that what we're, what women are taught is basically like a men's health light or like a men's health junior. So basically it's like men's health or men's sexuality, just not as good or like, or just not as much. Like men are like visual sexual creatures and women are like men, just not as intensely, right? Mm. Like she kind of describes that in the book a little bit. And so that's a lot of what I have internalized is like, okay, well, you know, if it takes me, you know, different kinds of stimulation or different lengths of time, like I felt like, oh, well, then there must be something wrong with me because, you know, with men, like, oh, it takes this motion and this amount of time. And so... I feel like that's kind of like what you're talking like wow we've missed like a large message because the message we've been teaching is like that it's exactly the same just a little bit different when in reality I don't know or what or that other people should know how to please you 
Yes. Yes. I've waited my whole life thinking, well, you should know. I don't know what I want. I don't know how it works. I'm not like, like, I mean, full disclosure, I didn't masturbate until I was married. Mm, Like, same Z's. So, me, so my persona was a sexualized being. The reality was very far from that. Right. And I don't think, I don't think I'm alone in that. Mm-mm. Um, But, so that performative, yes. right? Like where, without really knowing the internal workings. Yeah. That's been one of the things in this book that has been so helpful. I've, I've carried around with me for a long amount of time negative, you know, sexual shame stories or narratives that like one read through this book and I'm like, oh, I'm ready to set that down. Yep. Like I'm not going to keep carrying that around. Yep. And for one, like one of the most important ones is that, yeah, I am broken. Like that's something I'm just like, oh, I am not broken. Okay. So I'm going to be super vulnerable and tell you something it. that might be TMI. I don't know. Okay. So you just talked about like you didn't masturbate until you were married. Okay. Well, I didn't masturbate until this year. Uh, it took one time. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> it took one time, less than five minutes, just feeling like I didn't have to perform for it because no one was around. It was a secret when I was doing it. And so Man. without like being able to like set down that performance, like no one else. Mm-hmm. No, like this is for nobody else except for me right now. Mm-hmm. Like what mm-hmm. feels good? Like yep. what should I do? Yep. And in less than five minutes, I was like, oh, that's <laughs> that's it. That's what I should do. But all up until, you know, this year, I felt like, oh, I'm broken and I, I must not be able to. I must be like one of those women who like just doesn't orgasm or doesn't need it. But that's been something like, okay, one read through this book and I'm like, oh, I'm ready to set that down. Mm. Uh, I'm ready to live a pleasure filled life because mm-hmm. I can. I'm not broken. Mm-hmm. And so and it's only because I've been able to figure that out for myself instead of be like, <laughs> OK, husband. <laughs> What works for me? You tell me. Mm-hmm. You are, you're a boy. You just know. This comes natural. You're like, plugged in and ready to go. And I am not. And so teach me about my body, mm-hmm. you know? And and to be fair, like, that's like an undue pressure upon, you know, the men we love because they don't have vaginas or vulvas or clits. Like, they're like, shoot, I don't know. I just want to go in and out. <laughs> A lot of times, really fast. <laughs> like, I hope that works for you, too. <laughs> finger guns. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did do the finger guns when I said that. <laughs> so, like, that's unfair. That's a lot of pressure without, you know, and, like, and and how, how do men know? Like, are men getting extensive education that women aren't getting? No. There's mm. porn, though. So here's like a really unrealistic expectation about. It's got a jackhammer, a vagina. Yeah, that's fun. And so that's like a real. It's a real disservice to both members of the relationship. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you should know what makes me feel good, and well, shoot, I don't. So I'm just gonna do what makes me feel good mm-hmm. because I'm hoping. We come at the same time. I don't know. You know? You know what I call that? I call that a shame exchange. Yes. Oh, you yeah, you've called that like low energy Mm -hmm. exchange. Ever since I've heard you say that, I'm like, it's changed 
Oh, good. It's changing how I see it because I'm like, oh, this is not, this is no longer like an obligatory thing. This is like, this is an exchange of energy. And so how do I want to participate? Do mm-hmm. I want it to be low vibe? Mm-hmm. Do I want it to be shame filled when it's done? Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted. I'm talking a lot. Your turn to go. <laughs> no, no. Okay. So a couple of things. I want to talk about her garden. I want to talk about her yes. uh, referral to the garden that she uses throughout the book. Yeah. And without giving too much away, because I really do hope that you come to the book club and I hope that you read this book, not because I want you to come to a book club that I'm hosting, but because I want you as a listener to have the information that I received through this book. And I think that you're deserving of, of, of that too. But with that being said, there's a referral that she talks about in she calls your sexuality a garden Mm -hmm. and some people are a desert garden and some people are a like like a lush garden they Mm -hmm. need more watering like a rainforest yes she talks a lot about a tomato plant versus an aloe plant an aloe plant needs very little attention very little water you know over long periods of time a tomato plant you water that sucker all the time baby Mm -hmm. you're gonna have a thriving fruit plant right Mm -hmm. And so she's referring to her sexuality like this. And and that that just makes sense to me. Oh, yeah. Like, some people n- want to be watered more. Some people want to be watered less. And, and, you know, all of the variables in between. I'm someone who wants to be watered more. I'm in a relationship that maybe needs watered less. And so, like, we're working through our own analogies or our own scenarios I guess in order to create like a pinnacle of a sex life who doesn't want that I do I want that but this garden analogy she goes all the way back and she talks about the things that you have control of and the things that you don't have control of yes and the things that you have control of are what plants you give your attention to what plants you choose to nourish what plants you choose to weed or take out, or not give as much love, or prune back. But she talks about ways that you don't have choices. She Mm -hmm. talks about you don't get to choose the soil. You don't get to choose uh, the environment um, in which your garden lives. And so I just think I want to honor some spaces of people who've had things happen with their sexuality that they didn't choose. Yeah, um, myself being one of these people and and trauma you know it's a it's a sticky situation and it takes a lot of work and if you are one of these people then then you know right like yeah with the garden analogy trauma meaning that trauma is like maybe a a seed or something that has been planted that mm-hmm. you you never wanted to nurture or to have to grow. Yeah, you know, the way that I envision it as a pesky bush that just keeps on growing and it spits a lot of seeds. Yeah. And it takes a lot of work. And it shapes a lot of what you think gardening is. How you think you take care of a garden or, you know, it, it puts all of these things in. And so um, 
I think that that was something that just like really stuck out for me in this garden analogy is that I know I'm not alone in having to excavate harmful memories or painful situations that I was out of control. You know, like I wasn't in charge of those things. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of anger around that. I didn't realize until being in a safe and healthy relationship, you know, thank God for for Justin and his patience with me uh, as he holds me through some some things. Uh, But it is challenging. In the book, Emily Nagoski says, I think one in three yep. women is uh, sexually assaulted. And with an alarming rate of women predominantly holding this statistic, uh, that there needs to be more of an aggressive healing path for people who are in committed relationships. Mm-hmm. So offering um, how to be a partner of someone who's been sexually assaulted. How to create a safe environment in which you can connect intimately with somebody who has been a victim of that being used against them. Yes. So she says in the book, she quotes somebody, I want to say it was like a police uh, chief of some sort. Yeah, he used to be on the police force. He now is part of a organization. Yeah. And he says, imagine this, that it's an attempted murder using the weapon of sex. And so if we have all been through this, I mean, oh my gosh, this community knows. uh, This community can tell you specifically why I have good girl syndrome. This community could tell you specifically why I have a lot of shame when it comes to my sexuality or my sexual responses. And so if if I feel this and you feel this and one in three women feel this, like how how can we teach our partners, our spouses, our loved ones to be able to help create a safe space where we can nurture what we want to grow in our garden? Yeah. Instead of feeling like, well, this is what's growing, so I guess I'll keep watering it. Mm-hmm. And you think, yeah, that the anger that you're that you're naming is that anger that you have something has been planted in your garden that you thought that it was your obligation, your responsibility to continue to nurture. Mm-hmm. And then now in reading this book, you're realizing, I don't need to nurture that anymore. I don't want it. I don't like it. I consider this a weed. This is not a beautiful flower right. to me. Well, Carissa, another thing that this led to me through this garden analogy, the practice of mindfulness. Yes. Mindfulness is key. I keep on saying awareness is key. Something that was shocking but didn't feel shocking was the use of mindfulness well this is this is what she said but in the end it will come down to a decision to stop cultivating the weeds of self-criticism and instead nourish the flowers of confidence today and then remaking that decision each day Mm. through the power of mindfulness we can learn to cultivate a relationship with our body of safety and trust. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which was very empowering to me. Okay, as I was reading this book, and I think that as you as the listener, as you read this book, it will feel shocking, 
but it also will not. It's like obvious. It's like obvious. Well, duh. It feels like common sense. Yes. Like no, duh. That is how it works. Yet it felt like a secret. Yes. Okay. And so through this power of mindfulness, we can learn to cultivate a relationship with our body of safety and trust. First of all, that's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. That is that is so unbelievably beautiful. But it's through mindfulness. Mm-hmm. It's not through more sex. It's not through switching up the way that you're having sex or the amount mm-hmm. of sex that you're having. Mm-hmm. Or a new position or, yeah. Or a pill Mm -hmm. or a doctor's note, Mm -hmm. right? It's through the power of bringing awareness to the thoughts that you think. Yeah. This is an underlining message that I have read in every single self-help book. Yeah. In every every single empowerment story in every single rise above whatever it's the power of mindfulness mm-hmm. and so why wouldn't we bring mindfulness to our sexual relationships yeah ooh okay shelby because when we bring mindfulness to this space that takes away the performative or like that, like it it takes some of these negative narratives like off of the table mm-hmm. and it leaves you with, what do I like? What feels good? What do I want in this moment? Mm-hmm. Because then it's not like, okay, we'll do this because this is a thing. Mm. Because my whole life I, th- I felt like I need to find the thing so that we can make this happen, you know? But it's, it's like, well, what do I want in this moment? Mm. And if all it takes is bringing awareness to this moment Mm. so that you can have some of the best sex of your life Mm -hmm. oh baby girl go get it it's not shame-filled it's not erotic it's not taboo Mm -mm. it's just where am i at in this moment what would i like in this moment Mm -hmm. now the reason why this feels so taboo is because so vulnerable to share mm-hmm. this with another person, to share this with another person, to say, ooh, this is what I would like in this moment. Feels so much more vulnerable than like do the thing you know he likes because it's going to like do the trick real quick. Or that you think you know what he likes. Yeah. Y- you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think that like these. Now it becomes a real vulnerable connection because you're sharing mm-hmm. with each other like, oh, this is what I would like right now Mm -hmm. go get that yeah okay we've kind of talked a little bit i've shared a little bit of some of the things that like i've learned to let go just through reading in this book yeah do you feel like that's like for you like the analogy of the garden and Mm. tending to what you want to grow like has that been the thing that you felt like oh this has helped me let go or are there specific are there other messages that you feel like oh okay well this no longer serves me I won't carry this around anymore there have been a few things uh first of all what my physical anatomy looks like Mm. I've let it go Mm -hmm. chapter one I have three notes the third one is I looked (laughs) yes she did yes she did (laughs) okay carry on (laughs) 
Yeah. Okay. So my physical anatomy is perfect exactly as it is. I have been hand-fed narratives that are not saturated in truth. Mm-hmm. Some of that has been easy for me to let go of. Some of it hasn't. Carissa mentioned that this is just a book that she might add to her yearly reading. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't know why I just referred to you in the third person like you're not sitting across the fucking table <laughs> from okay. me. But I have a couple because <laughs> I got The Power of Now, The Four Agreements, and I'm going to add this one, Come As You Are. Just like I just read those books once a year. Yes. And I love the power of that because I think the more that I touch back on this, the more that I might be able to untangle some mm-hmm. of these beliefs that I have. But right off the bat, there were a few things. Physical anatomy was one of them. If I like it or if I'm feeling pleasured, that was a huge thing. So, okay, how do I say this without feeling like so vulgar? But I used to participate in sexual activities without even considering what my likes were. Oh, that doesn't seem vulgar. So <laughs> Guess what that seems like? That seems like, well, what I thought I was supposed to be doing the whole entire goddamn time. <laughs> so with that being said, I've that's something where I'm like, oh, my input matters. Yes. And I will no longer not give my input. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that being said, that just feels empowering to me where it's like, oh, I'm meant to enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that helps me reframe the whole act of sex in and of itself. Yes. Of the way that I'm going into it. So that was a big, that was a big takeaway from me. On top of where I put my attention or where I put my awareness are the um, plants that I'm nourishing Mm -hmm. with professional help through my therapist, through safe conversations with my spouse and my friends. uh, I am choosing to put myself first in those ways. And that was very empowering. And so I don't want to get into too much. I think that we're really going to get into this uh, come the last week of November. It was eye opening Mm -hmm. to say the least. Yeah. But it, it this is this will be a book that I will touch back on yeah. more than once. Yes. Okay, you guys, here's the deal. We have so much more to say about this. Like, I mean, what an expansive topic to be able to like nail down in one hour. Yeah, <laughs> that's what she said. Wait, let me tell you what though. I literally sat Justin down last night mm-hmm. and I was like, <laughs> this is how Carissa and I see the conversation going. We touched on zero of the parts that I told Justin. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> so we have a lot to say. We have so much to say. Okay. And here's the thing. We know that we're not the only ones that have something to say about mm-hmm. this. So reminder, go down to the show notes, get your ticket for November 20th because we want your input. We want your experience. We want your energy in the conversation when we come back to this. Yes. Um, talking about the book, Come As You Are. So you can buy it, check it out at the library, read it before you join us on November 20th. Um, we're going to talk about it again next week. And yeah. who knows? We might even have to do like another like bonus episode. Yeah. Join us on Patreon because... It's such an expansive topic to be able to like talk about one hour. Like we've got a lot more to say. Yes. And can I tell a secret to all the ladies or gentlemen out there who are like, y'all, this is a 300 page book. I don't know if I can do it. Well, let me tell you what. 
authored Emily Nagoski came in clutch because she has a too long didn't read section at the end of every chapter. So even if you're only a quarter of the way through or partway through or whatever, you have the option of looking up those little points or not at all. Just yeah. come with your own personal experience. Yeah. We we'll, we will be using this book as a guide to the conversation that we have. But even if you don't read it, I won't judge you. Come to our book club. Yeah, because this is about female sexuality and, yeah. and how we experience. And so even if you haven't read the book, you have a life of experience that yeah. is valid and matters. Mm-hmm. And... Especially if you have just like naturally positive ideas, like just come and come, <laughs> come talk to us because as you heard. So basically Shelby and I showed up today. We like put on our like little vulnerable hats. And we're like, hey, we're going to let you in a little bit on like some of the baggage that we've been carrying, mm-hmm. you know, through through this, you know, portion of our life. And we're ready to set a lot of these things down. There is science. There are advocates. There are intelligent people who have put energy and work into making sure that, like, we don't have to continue carrying this around. So today was like, okay, here's some of the baggage we're working with. Um, We're going to have a fun conversation next week. We're going to talk about boundaries. And then we're going to open this up to, to everyone to join us. So there's, there's a lot more to say about this. We want to hear from you. I hope you have great sex tonight. Oh, baby. (laughs) We just want to share a big thank you to everybody who helped make this episode possible. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Drop into our DMs. You can find us on Instagram at I Totally Relate Pod. Or you can share your feedback and insights with us at I Totally Relate Pod at gmail.com. We totally want to get to know you. See you next time. Peace out.